Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex, and joining us via Skype, um, well, I don't know, are you still in solitary confinement, Rob, or have they let you back into your quarters with, uh, what was his name again? Was it Dave? Uh, no, it's Jeff, actually. Jeff, yeah. I'm sure you said it was something, or maybe, oh, is it a new inmate now? Did they let the other one out? Well, I mean, solitary confinement is obviously solitary, Alex. I mean, it was we, it was Dave before, and then Jeff was in there, and, and now it's little Mickey. No, I, I thought you were in solitary confinement. I think, who do you share your quarters with? Oh, I see. So I'm with you. I'm sorry. You're putting me the guy next next door to me who keeps screaming at night. Um, no, no, but it's, uh, it's, it's my mate Simon. Right, okay. Yeah, Simon the Slasher, they call him. Right. <laughs> Any particular reason? He pisses everywhere. <laughs> that's, disgusting. that's a joke I was going to make, Rob. <laughs> great minds, great eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and again, great minds. Well, anyway, let's get on with it, Rob. This is episode 240, 254? Correct, yes. 254 yes. of this podcast, Rob. And of course, I mean, frighteningly now, what is it? We're a month, really, a month of five weeks, aren't we, away from Christmas? We we're going to have to make yeah, sure we do a yeah. bumper Christmas episode, Rob. Are we going to? I I always liked our time on a tradition, Rob, of, of singing a carol that neither of us had ever heard of and trying to make our best fist of it. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those features we know the listeners are ambivalent about. Um, so yeah, I think we should continue it this year without a doubt. So do I. Um, I think I'm going to be going down to Dorset to see my parents over Christmas, Rob. So I have to take the mic. I have to take the whole setup with me, and we shall record remotely. That way, which will be entertaining, to say the least. I mean, but um, obviously, I mean, sorry, it's a bit insensitive of me because obviously for you, you know, to be confined over Christmas, not to be able to see friends and family will be will be difficult, Rob. But I'm sure there'll be japes and games and and fun aplenty there at, uh, you know, in Her Majesty's um, pleasure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm guessing, I mean, this is obviously my first Christmas inside. So I I would think that the japes and games are probably very different to the ones you'll be playing with your family. (laughs) Well, maybe not that dissimilar, Rob. (laughs) <laughs> that's concerning <laughs> have we got any news Rob to start us off with we actually so at last week I mentioned that there had been quite a lot of activity on the Listener Forum and, where is uh, the Listener Forum because I tried to find it and got nowhere it's on Facebook yeah I went on Facebook where is the link to the forum do you have to be logged on in on our page see, do you have to be logged in to see it uh, yeah you do well, yeah, you wouldn't know. I, mean, I'm, I can give you the login, login details but yeah, you do need to be logged in to see it right um, so this is actually feedback from episode 252 Right, 252, yes. Yeah, so Kybe has left us some feedback. Um, so this is in relation, you know, we featured the emotional support peacock. Yeah, and you yeah. thought I'd covered the exact same story before. Yeah, well, apparently I was wrong. And, uh, you know, our listeners take great pleasure in pointing that out. Yeah, it was so, another uh, emotional peacock story, Rob. Yeah, it, it was a turkey, apparently. Oh, right, that was it, yeah. Um, he says, I don't think an emotional support peacock has been mentioned before. Maybe you've been thinking the hamster ended, ended up getting flushed. Oh, I love uh, that story. That For any of our story. listeners who never, what, I don't know what episode that was, but go back and find it on the website, lapodcast.net. We had a great story about a woman who tried to take a hamster on board a flight as her emotional support animal, was told she couldn't, and basically, because she had to catch her flight, in a panic, decided the only humane thing to do was flush said hamster down the toilet. Um, and also, you know, they were, we speculated how you know how much support this hamster actually obviously provided her if, if she could dispose of it at the first possible opportunity. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what else did Kyber say? So, in, you know, in relation to the swarm of bees story, that, yes. um, the, uh, yeah, and we, we, we asked him how on earth he'd come across it because obviously it was it was via Singaporean 
That was it. Saw, yeah, how had he found yeah. that story? It was it was by way of Singapore about a about a story in Wales or where was it? Wales, that's yeah. right. Yeah, right. it was Wales. Um, he says um, the Swan Bee story from two years ago, which I passed on, was uh, was something I was only recently told about by a work colleague. Again, doesn't doesn't specify what the job was. No, he's, the job he's, he's clearly avoided that very cleverly because uh, he won't tell yeah. us what he does for a living, and that's fine, Kyber. Your right to privacy is sacrosanct. Absolutely. Uh, and then he mentioned, the, so also that week you had a, a story about the 24-hour pet detective who'd set up the new hotline. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he says, uh, as for your 24-hour pet detective, maybe think of something so much, uh, maybe think of nothing so much as one of Brian Butterfield's ventures. Now, are you aware of Brian Butterfield? No. He sounds familiar. He's a Peter Serafinovich uh, character. Oh, I like Peter, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah him. Um, and uh, again, he, there's there's a lot of clips on YouTube, and he's he's linked to a, a Butterfield clip that's just entitled "Timeline." I haven't looked at it yet, but I'll be looking at it later. Right. Well, shot shot shoddy um, preparation, Rob. Well, yeah. I mean, I would always say, in terms of Brian Butterfield, if, if no one's ever seen it, I would would recommend his, his diet plan, which is that clip is on YouTube and is hysterical. Um, <laughs> And then Helen responds to Kyber's comment. See, there's 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 activity, Alex. The we heard anything from Craig talk. for a while. We had a story a few weeks. Oh, okay, because I've been a bit worried about Craig. Yeah. Because we I yeah, I think he's fine. Okay, well, I just wondered because you know, being a manager of an abattoir and everything, we know that a lot less people now are eating meat, and I just wonder if he's fallen on hard times. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Uh, so Helen responds to Kyber's comment by saying he was an emotional support turkey in the previous episode. Uh, Proving my grizzled detective role here. Yeah, yeah. Well, she is uh, does excellent detective work always. Yeah, yeah. But it's nice yeah. to see that. I mean, I would like the login details because then I can go in and start sort of abusing our listeners, that kind of thing. I mean, you do that enough on the actual recordings, let alone you know. I'd like to do it in type. Face to I'd, face like, chat. I'd like to do it in type, though. I think it will be more resonant, you know. Okay. Um, also, I will be featuring your story that's uh, that was posted on here by Steve later in the episode. Oh, actually, sorry, not Steve. Um, by Kyber. Is that right? Yeah, Kyber later in the episode. Also, Steve posted uh, again. Also, Kyber. I- I'm sorry. I'm getting the two of you confused. I know you you hate that. So the story is by Kyber, not Steve. And the the picture that I've seen is by Kyber and not Steve. So uh, St- Steve hasn't contributed anything at all. No, no. Uh, he will. He will do probably next week. But um, the, there's a picture from a paper called the Shropshire Star. Oh, um, not heard and, of that uh, one. No, it's new to me as well. It's, you know those those head headline sandwich boards. Yeah. Headline: Vicious turtle on loose in country. <laughs> county. What? County. Sorry. I was going to say. <laughs> vicious one tur- turtle. So, so where's the story then? I don't, I don't know. I mean. We, we, I don't know. No one sent it to us. So Vicious Turtle on loose in County. Maybe I should uh, look that up uh, and see if it actually, you know, see if anybody, it might might be a print only story. Vicious Turtle or Tortoise? Yeah. A turtle. In County. And what county was it? Uh, Shropshire. Shropshire. Here we go, Rob. (laughs) Uh, No, no, nothing, nothing's coming up. Anything? Nothing. I mean, oh, that, that, that's sad. I'm looking now for the past month and no, I mean, there are no stories on the whole of the internet, Rob, about vicious turtles at this stage. We can only assume that it was it was before the days of the internet when, when the, the you know, 
we were living in, in a gentler time. A simpler time, Rob. A simpler time, absolutely. And a gentler time. Rob, talking of simple and gentler times and us being kind of in the opposite of that place, now I'm going to start us off here with a story from... Uh, I actually saw this on, on Sky News, and it was on the 9th of November. Um, I don't know if you came across this or heard of it. I'm hoping that you didn't, but uh, this is a story, Rob. Headline, surgeon removes woman's kidney after mistaking it for tumour. No, I hadn't encountered this story. Yeah, a woman undergoing surgery for back pain, Rob, left hospital missing a kidney after it was mistaken for a tumour. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I have no medical qualifications whatsoever, and mm. I think I could probably identify what a kidney looks like over yeah. a tumour. I'll tell you how I could, because when I was younger, I remember I ate steak and kidney pie, so I think I'd have a fair idea of that, the, the kind of texture of a kidney. Yep, yep, fair. Yep. Um, Maureen Pacquio settled a lawsuit over the error by Dr. Ramon Vasquez. Now... Look, I'm sorry, but Dr. R Ramon Vasquez sounds a bit like... The, I, I don't know, but it's like the kind of name that they could have come up with with the doctor from The Simpsons. But it wasn't. He was, yep. doc he was Dr. Nick, wasn't it? Who is tasked with cutting her open at the beginning of an operation to fuse together parts of the 51-year-old spine at a Florida hospital. The surgeon made the decision to remove what he thought was a cancerous tumour after discovering the pelvic kidney, a functioning organ not located where kidneys are normally set in the abdomen. So be fair to him. But he should still have known about this, right? But also, from my understanding, and like I said, that, that, that is extremely limited, but if he was conducting an operation on her spine, what he should have done in medical practice, I believe he should have conducted that operation, then, you know, sealed her up, and then asked her if she was okay to undergo that separate operation. He shouldn't have just used an initiative and taken it out. Is that right, Rob? You know a surprising so. amount about this kind of thing. Oh, uh, you know, I've done a lot of back... back uh, Backstreet operations. Um, well, Miss Pacquiao said she has she had no say over whether it was taken out of her body, as you say, Rob. He just took my life and dismissed it. She said, "If he would have looked at <laughs> wow, if he would have looked at the MRIs that were given to him, he would have realised." Miss Pacquiao said she was now fearful over future complications from the removal, saying a kidney transplant or dialysis is always in the back of her mind. Errors such as wrongfully removing an, an organ are categorised as in quotes wrong site, wrong procedure, wrong patient errors, categorised by US health authorities and the NHS as never events. While such events should by definition never happen, they are not infrequently recorded. Between April and September this year, 96 incidences of wrong site surgery were recorded, including the biopsy of the wrong breast. That's... I don't know how you do that. That's shocking. I mean, that, that, that should never happen. An ovary being removed in error. I don't know how you do that by accident. It's a fairly surgical procedure. And the removal, Rob, of the wrong side of a patient's colon. Oh, my sweet Lord. Mr. Smith, we've got some good news and some bad news. The first, the, the good news is that we did remove the half of the colon. The bad news is we took the wrong half. Will I live, Doctor? Is that a good thing? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> to prevent incidents like these, all hospitals implement procedures such as clearly marking the body part to be operated on. Like with marker pen, yeah. Rob. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly what they do, right. Alex. Uh, Dr. Vasquez says the Wellington Remove Regional Medical Centre did not inform him that Miss Pacquiao had a pelvic kidney. He had an unblemished record before the incident. The case has been settled on his behalf for a nominal amount, according to his lawyer, Mark Mittelmark, which is a great name. 
Sounds like a League of Gentlemen character who stressed the doctor did not admit liability in admitting to a settlement. Florida's Department of Health have now filed an administrative complaint against Dr. Vasquez, a process that could result in penalties ranging from losing his medical license to being fined. It is understood he does not have medical malpractice insurance, so any payments will be made from his own pocket. Who can be, who in their right mind would be a practicing surgeon and not have medical malpractice insurance? That's and especially, let's face it, and especially in the States. Yeah, even you've got that, Rob. I have, yeah, but I needed it, you know, because of those backstreet operations. Okay, now, Rob, listen, I've got a cracking story for you here. We're going to, okay. and I've sent you a link regarding it, so I'm going to ask you to bring that up in a moment. But let's just do the story, which unfortunately isn't as long as I would like. Right, okay. Okay, this is from the Bournemouth Echo. We're back down to Bournemouth, Rob. It was, I think, yesterday, I think, on the 12th of November. Uh, now, this man has an unfortunate name when you hear the story. His name is Everard. Or I guess Everard. But it is spelled E V. That's, that's okay, that's alright. E V R A R D. But it reminds me of Everhard, like constantly hard. Everhard. Everhard that, that says more about you than anything else. Well wait, Everard Cunion admitted stalking and harassment charges. Now some of this will be will sound a bit familiar to you to other stories we've had, Rob. Edward Cunion, Rob, said he never got over Julie Taylor, despite not having seen her since nineteen seventy two. Oh, my God. The 62-year-old decided to try and get back in touch with her earlier this year after losing his job, which he said made him reevaluate his life. He researched births, deaths and marriage registers in order to find her, obtaining her wedding photo. He also turned up at her old family home where her 88-year-old mother, Georgina Allen, still lived, a court heard. Oh, my sweet, OK. <laughs> Although he was told to leave by Miss Allen... He sent eight letters addressed to Miss Taylor to her mother's home. He also went jogging past her mother's house every day over a four-month period and once followed a woman he thought might be her from the property. Miss Taylor, Rob, did not reply to his letters, but both she and her mother became concerned when Coonian made a joke about kidnapping her in the correspondence and they reported him to the police. Oh! <laughs> Rob, under what context? Under these letters, right? Like, dear... What's her name? Dear uh, Julie... I still think about you. Sometimes I wonder if I should just, you know, kidnap you and run off with you. It, well, how did that? How was that joke written, Rob? It might have been. I mean, it may it may have been something sweet. Like uh, I think about you every night, and I just I just think that maybe if we if we we are truly going to be happy together, we, I could just kidnap you. We could run away to the countryside and frolic in the fields. All right, maybe. I mean, it's still near the edge. Um, yeah, yeah, possibly. Coonian, a former IT software engineer, appeared at Paul Magistrate's court last month to admit stalking and harassment. He returned to the same court on Friday to be sentenced to 120 hours of unpaid work and 10 rehabilitation activity requirement days, as well as a five-year restraining order, which prevents him from contacting Miss Taylor or her mother and limited entry to her road. Uh, not a euphemism. Uh, well, that's fair, yeah. After his previous hearing, Coonian, who lives with his nine life-size dolls at his home in Christchurch oh, <laughs> said, he okay. said he felt stupid over the matter. Now, what concerns Sorry, me... Sorry, so what... Hang on, hang on, hang on. We'll, we'll get to that... A, we'll get nine life-size dolls. We'll get to that in a minute, Rob. What I want to say is... I, I'm, I'm tantalised by this, Rob. My parents live in Christchurch, which is a small community. I could quite easily track this guy down, though, over Christmas. And I could do a one-to-one -one interview, Rob, for the podcast. A one-to-one -one interview. Can you imagine? Can I just ask, when you say lifestyle dolls, these aren't like, you know, people that he stuffed. 
Rob. Because gu- I'm no. concerned you could become one of them. No, Rob, I guarantee you that in a moment you are going to get to see these dolls and Everard Coonian for yourself. Can I also just apologise? If anyone can, can hear any meowing, it's my cat at my feet and she won't shut the fuck up. No, so- I can't hear anything. Um, Good, okay. He said, I upset her, Miss Taylor, when I was at school and it's haunted me for 50 years. I was determined what did he to. Do? He doesn't say. I was determined to try and find out if she was okay, but I clearly alarmed her. I wanted to find a way of making up to her. Girls have to be able to reject guys, and they don't want those guys. Uh, girls have to be able to reject guys they don't want, and those guys have to accept that. For some reason, I've not really been able to. <laughs> oh my! For a second now, I thought he had a degree of self-awareness, and then he, and then he went into acknowledge that yeah, girls have to accept it, but you know, not her. No, she he... loves me. No he, no, he doesn't say that. He says, for some reason... No, I, I, I think in his head, this is what he believes. It's a shame, and I do feel really stupid about the whole thing. At the earlier hearing, Prosecutor Lee Turner explained Cunion's unrequited love for Miss Taylor began when he went to school with her between 1968, Rob, and 1972. James Moore, mitigating, has previously told the court that Cunion intended no malice. He said redundancy caused him to take stock of his life, and all he wanted to do was see if he could rekindle a friendship with her. He realises this is not going to happen, and since his arrest he hasn't engaged in any behaviour like this with Julie or her mother. Now, before we get on to the next stage of this story, Rob, which I am going to move on to because it's a corker, let me just read you some comments. Bournemouth89 says, This is the very reason I left Facebook. People from your past getting in touch 30 years later. Bit scary, really. Facebook is responsible for many a breakup. The grass is very seldom greener on the other side. Just saying, folks. And Dorset Woman says this has nothing to do with Facebook. He actually researched births, deaths and marriage registers in order to find yeah, her. Yeah, that's um, one step beyond. Um, Art Simon says he lives with his nine life-size dolls at his home. Now, that sounds creepy under the circumstances. I wonder how that information was made available to the Echo. Um, Maxwell Hound says, I hope he has a foot pump, which is a fucking great comment. <laughs> yep. Art, and, and then Art Simmons says, and strong legs and dolls that don't, in quotes, leak. Uh, make a oh, that. God, that's, there's a horrid image. Now, Rob, from this comment section, I was alerted to a brilliant video on YouTube of an interview from years ago with Mr. Cunion and his dolls. And Rob, you and me are going to watch this video from other sides of this uh, Skype divide. It's five minutes, but it's worth it. And the our audience are going to get to hear it uh, because it works equally well, I would say, over audio. It, it kind of makes the imagination boggle even more. So, with that in mind, Rob, I've sent you a link. Yeah, I've just put the page up. Right. Okay. Now, have you got the video ready to go? It's ready to go. Christmas with Everard Cunyon and his dolls. I've always fancied uh, shop dummies. You know, these very elegant-looking women. He'd always. Uh, oh shops, my fucking but lord! They're as hard as rocks, and you know, I wanted something that looked as good as that, but was posable. I oh, evaluated my Jesus life and. Christ figured that I wanted an artificial woman, seeing as I couldn't seem to get a real one, uh, so I wanted a, a, an artificial woman as realistic as possible. Rebecca arrived in October 2000. She was my first real doll. 
Caroline uh, came in early 2004. Well, she's got a party so popper in her mouth! <laughs> more than three years. Alex, he's uh, decorated. What? Is that the only thing you're picking up on? He's just fucking decked out his entire living room with dolls. We encourage this party. I figured these things are the best things that there are that you can buy for any amount of money. And then I was able, luckily, to afford another one, the third one, in 2005. And that was originally Louise, although she's got her Virginia face on at the moment. Oh my when God. I saw the price, I changes their faces. The um, I, I suspected that they would be a bit expensive, but I had never imagined that they would cost 5,000 quid. I chose the um, tan skin tone. Makeup tends to be, you choose the lip colour uh, and the eye colour and the eye shadow and that kind of thing. Uh, but unless you know what you're doing, it's beyond lip colour, it's probably best to leave it to the, uh, the makeup artist at the factory. I suppose you form an attachment to the doll as she is, you know, rather like a real person. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, the brown eyes, the hair colour, this is not her original hair. Uh, in fact, her original hair is, is worn out. It was a, a very long wig, and they are very difficult to look after. The things you can't help, although you know they're not real, rather like teddy bears and things, you can't help... You know, you wouldn't leave a teddy bear face down on the ground. You know, you'd pick it up. Mm. So you, you, you just... You can't help treat them as if they were partly real, although you don't treat them as if they're completely real. It's similar with dolls. And one of the things I felt Rebecca would be much happier if she had one of her own kind for company. So that was another reason to buy another doll. Virginia is the uh, headmistress of the school that Rebecca attends when she's wearing her school uniform. And Lena as well. Uh, she, she was the housemaid. Uh, men as well as fantasising about Alex, I actually find this huge disturbing. and women in uniform. The mother and daughter fantasy is also... also who does he remind me of? I said, do you know who, Rob? A lankier yeah. Tony Robinson. And another one, then. Basically, no, 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 it's not. Uh, I mean, I can, one sort of happy family. I can see that, but way. no. Uh, on the website, there's one where. Rob, are you seeing this picture um, now? They oh, all have a lesbian orgy. Um, <laughs> Sorry. That was after. <laughs> look look uh, at them in the what? bikinis, Rob. Look at them in the bikinis. Half of them all out sitting out in the yard in the sunshine. Um, and then I brought them indoors. I didn't expect and them to have nipples. Kind of Got them all well, naked and piled them on the bed. I mean, this, this is, it, it's an enormous amount of effort, you know, posing these heavy dolls without damaging them. You know, four of them are all on the bed uh, in, in a reasonable pose. As so if he's I'd. Got, um, and I, he's having a Christmas party with 12 sex dolls. Pressed a, uh, mm. a button, you know, that, that fired a, a, a sleeping yep. ray at them. And he can't and understand what the woman does relationship with them. He's <laughs> seen mounted hidden camera which is itself a bit of a contradiction because it's a hidden camera. You wouldn't need to knock them out first. But anyway, there you go. Clearly, they're not as good as the real thing in many ways. Um, but I am assured that they're, in some ways they're better. Um, you know, there's people have all sorts of horror stories of divorces, usually leading to divorce and but all kinds he, of things. He's, he's been assured uh, that these are better than the real so thing. His quote. That is a definite advantage of these... Uh, of these dolls. Yeah, it's pluses and minuses, really. Mm. Women, for many years, have tried to make themselves look like dolls, and we make dolls to look like women. It's life imitating art, mm. and 
art imitating life. Those of us who don't qualify for the real thing used to go without. It's as simple as that. I think people don't realise, especially women, but it's not, not, not just women, a lot of guys don't realise how bad it is for somebody, for the kind of males who have a sex drive, to go without. Um, it, it makes your life pretty much worthless. And then that ends. That last picture, Rob, after he says that, is him eating a mince pie. <laughs> Thoughts, Rob? I honestly do not know what to say to that. I mean, if, if he really can't understand why he's still single, and apparently, you know, with, with his sex drive, and, I mean, I understand he probably feels worthless, but he also has to realise that he's not helping himself. You know, he's not doing himself any favours. What, what's, what's odd is that he made the whole thing at the beginning sound like it was about company and family and just because he couldn't relate very well to people and so he had all these dolls. And he made, he kept poo-pooing kind of the idea that this was just about, you know, wanting to get, you know, have lots of sex. But then at the end, we basically work out that is what it's about. And what's really disturbing is he's got a, fit, a, a doll there that he says is the mother and he's got another doll that he says is the daughter in a school uniform. So... Yeah. Right. What, who I felt really sorry for, Rob, was the interview. I mean, that, that was a woman in that house sitting there. I cannot... Because that whole scene reminded me... Do you remember when Alan Partridge visits, visits the house of the guy who's stalking him? Yeah, Jez, yeah. That house looked like Jez's house. Jez? Jeb? Jeb. Jez. Jez. Jeb, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. But I would actually argue worse. Maybe that was his brother in Leeds that he talked about. <laughs> You know, it was the image of all all the dolls naked, lying on top of each other on a bed. I just imagine that he he does he 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 lies there naked and just piles the <laughs> women on top of him. Yeah, and then has a mince pie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mate. After that very long opening segment, have you got a story for us? I've got two quick stories. Well, relatively quick. Um, the first one is from the Gloucestershire Live website. The Citizen. Yep. Hang on a minute. Uh, I've just realised I left the window open again. Very poor recording um, professionalism here. I've, well, I've already mentioned my cat and she seems to have buggered off now. But uh, yeah, no, I haven't heard anything. You should be okay. Um, so the story is by Kim uh, Horton from the 11th of November. So uh, Armistice Day. Um, headline. Now, we've covered many of these stories in the past, and this is, well, no different, really. Big cat, as big as a Labrador, spotted on Gloucestershire Canal Path. It's a Labrador. <laughs> no, it's a big cat. Okay. A man from Brimscombe was left shocked after coming across, and again, I have to specify, uh, he, you know, he just discovered it. He, there was no sex, sexual act. Oh, right, that involved. wasn't a euphemism, right, okay. No, it wasn't, no, no. I after came across, across a big cat, sun headline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'll do it again. No. Um, which, ironically, I think the, the man from the last story would do. Um, after coming across a big cat on a towpath when he was on his way back from collecting a memory foam mattress on his pushbike. Well, I, I love details of that. On, the, on his way back from collecting a memory foam mattress on his pushbike, how the fuck do you cycle home with a memory foam mattress, Rob, on a pushbike? Yeah, a pushbike well, is a normal cycle bike, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, just a normal no, bike, yeah. How do you do that? Well, apparently the mattress is rolled up. Although I, I What kind of shitty argue... foam mattress is this? You can <laughs> roll you... up. A lot... No, a lot of foam mattresses now can, can roll up. They come in boxes as well. Rob, 
Look, you should get with the Times, Alex. Go, you get with your mattress news. Can I just say, Rob, having recently bought a new mattress a couple of months ago, I just want to say to all our listeners, if you're going to buy a mattress, spend as much money as you can possibly afford. You spend a third of your life on that fucking thing. If you can't invest in that, you, sh- you know, do not go cheap on a mattress. That's all I want to Alex, say. I don't recommend any particular company. I agree with the comment, Alex. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You, know, you should never, ever skimp on a mattress. However, this man has gone to collect said mattress on a push bike. So I'm guessing his, his budget may be slightly limited. In Gloucester as well. So that adds extra okay. context. That, that's, that's unnecessary. Um, he took the towpath route home and could not quite believe what he saw standing in front of him. At first, the man thought it was a dog sniffing about in the grass to the left of the path, but then it dawned on him. So, and I've been practicing this name, Gwilliam, Gwilliam Leon, or Lyons, one of the two, Leon. It's spelled as Leon the place, but I think it's, it's probably Gwilliam Leons. Whatever. Grimscombe, yeah. Said, I collected the Roland mattress, and from that point on, I had to push my bike. Ah, so that's how he did it. I, I collected the it. mattress, just wheeled it home. I saw the car on October the 23rd, around 6pm, when it was dusk. I remember looking up at the sky and thinking that the evening was lovely. The Fuck. sky was red. I don't care. And the trees had silhouettes ahead. <laughs> right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Poetic. And then what happened? At that point, it quickly became dark. <laughs> and I put, my touch, I put my torch on my iPhone whilst I was pushing my bike. If he's going to tell us that he saw a big cat across the other side of a field with a small torch on a bloody bicycle, he's an idiot. No, no, no. God, no. He, the, the animals were in front of him. I stopped as I thought I saw a dog. It was as big as a Labrador, but slimmer. Uh, it, was a, it was as big as a Labrador, but slim as an Alsatian. It was sniffing the ground. I thought that the owner would be coming along shortly, as they may have left the dog off the lead. As at times, that's usually what's happening around here. People tend to work, walk their dogs. Then, the animal looked at William, and then he knew it was not a dog that was in front of him. He realised it was, in fact, a big cat. Right, and, and do you know what's happened here, Rob? The big, this big cat has gone home. To where all the other big cats are, and it's going, you never fucking guess what I saw. Some bloke fucking riding home with a rolled up mattress on his back. <laughs> I mean, that's possible. William said, I walked and wheeled my bike slowly. It felt like I was in a dream. My instinct was to keep my eye on it and not to turn my back on it. I was not scared. I was alert. But that is because nothing had happened to my me. My body yet. was ready. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to make love to it if I needed to. <laughs> Nice to clarify, he doesn't say that. Um, <laughs> he said the animal would have seen me and a bike and a memory foam mattress. <laughs> and thought, we're in for a hot night tonight. We've got everything we need. What else do you need? I think that the creature would have been wondering what I was. <laughs> a, a spanner. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Um, it, would have probably, uh, it would have probably been thinking what it saw. Um, Gwilliam spoke to his friends over the weekend about what he'd seen he added they asked me if I'd seen the tail on the cat but I had not I'd retreated back onto the main road and I did see if I could see the big cat from the road so so what distinguishing features did this thing have that made it a cat in his eyes and not a dog it was the size of of a Labrador no, but he he says it was the size of a Labrador but skinny as an Alsatian and then and then talks about it being a cat yeah that's it. That's all he says. Right. Um, however, there is feedback from a, from a gentleman we featured before. Do you remember a story some years ago about a massive pike? Of course I do, Rob, because we made a YouTube video out of it. 
Oh, yeah, right. Okay, anyway, so... Uh, go on to YouTube, search for net, and you can see the video about the man and his massive pike there. Not a euphemism. Yeah. Well, he's been in contact with Frank, Frank Tunbridge. Who's Frank Tunbridge? Frank, Frank Tunbridge is the wildlife expert who... Um, oh, actually, sorry, this, is a, uh, this was a different story, but I think... I have a feeling Frank Tunbridge was involved in the... In the um, was involved in the, uh, the the pike story because he was investigating... Deer, I think they were getting. No, he's a woodland murder detective, which is where we he got is the a idea from. Murder detective, absolutely. So, nature, na- nature observation and enthusiast Frank Tumbridge from Potsdam <laughs> said, "William got in touch with me and asked if, if there had been many sightings up here." Can I just say that that other character we had in the last story could be described as a female observer and enthusiast? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the big cats up here are breeding amongst themselves. The most abundant sighting of big cats that I'm aware of are in Stroud. The reason that they are, there are so many of them is because the wealthy and pop stars kept keeping big, ta- big cats in the 1960s and 70s. And then they let them out into the wild when the Dangerous Animals Act came in. What proof is there of this? It's a speculation. I'll tell you what's more likely is yeah. that the strange people of Stroud have been mating with their cats, Rob, and have led to a breed of... Of super cats, Alex. You're out of order. I mean, considering you know, also the fact you know I'm from that area, and I would never ever consider consider sleeping. Well, I mean, I may consider it, but you know, I never actually never actually go through with it. Well, you've got ample temptation, or well, you had ample temptation when you had the luxury of freedom. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Okay, Rob, I have a story from the Traitorous Guardian also. Uh, and it's by way of the Netherlands. And it's by Daniel Boffy, their correspondent in Brussels. Dutch man, 69, starts legal fight to identify as 20 years younger. Did you hear about this, Rob? No. That's a great story. A 69-year-old Dutch positivity guru who says he does not feel his age has started a battle to make himself legally 20 years younger on the grounds he's being discriminated against on a dating app. Emil, Emil Rattelban told a court in Arnhem in the Netherlands that he did not feel comfortable with his date of birth and compared his wish to alter it to people who identified as transgender. Rattelban said that due to having an official age that did not reflect his emotional state, he was struggling to find both work and love. He has asked for his date of birth to be changed from the 11th of March 1949 to the 11th of March 1969. When I'm 69, I am limited, he says. If I'm 49, then I can buy a new house, drive a different car... I can take up more work. When I'm on Tinder and it says I'm 69, I don't get an answer. When I'm 49, with the face I have, I will be in a luxurious position. Doctors... Can I just point out something? Even if they change the date of birth, that's not going to physically change his appearance. He does realise this, right? No, but he's saying with the face I have, I don't look my age either. Like me, Rob, I don't look my age. Yeah, but that's fine. But then why, if you're happy the way you look, and if you look younger than you do, then why do you need to change your fucking well, date of birth? Because I think he could quite easily lie about his age, which is his right. But then if one day his girlfriend sees his driving license and sees his date of birth is completely different than what he said, it reflects badly on him. Why shouldn't he be able to change date of birth? I, I think he's a twat, but I actually agree with him that I think that's completely his right. Uh, he, doc- I think we are going to bed to, beg to differ there, Alex. Doctors had told him, Rob, that his body was that of a 45-year-old man. Rattleban argued. He described himself as a young god. 
The judge conceded that the ability to change gender was a development in the law. I agree with you. A lot of years ago, we thought that was impossible, he said. But he asked the applicant how his parents would feel about 20 years of his life being wiped off the records. For whom did your parents care? Who was that little boy then, the judge asked. Rattleband, a motivational speaker and trainer in neurolinguistic programming, said his parents were dead. Can you I mean, he's 69. That's, 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 Can that's you more imagine possible. that going in court? At the end of a 45-minute court session, Rattleban said, it really is a question of free will. Rattleban's lawyer, Janhein Kupers, said it was high time for the reversal of age. I'm very sorry for my pronunciation there. The public prosecutor in the court asked whether the ability to change a date of birth in the law would require health inspections in the future to allow the state to correctly judge someone's emotional age. And he told the court there is something like common sense, of course. The problem with this is, though, isn't it, that you could be 15 and then change your date of birth to say you're really 21 and have access to all, you know, if you're in America, all the free, all the alcohol you want. Yeah. Do you know what, Alex? I'm just going to go and live in the woods. Uh, what, when you get out? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Okay. With that chilling prospect, Rob, of whatever you're going to be doing out there in the woods on your own... Um, <laughs> Not chilling, Alex. Just you know, this 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 you know beautiful, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Scenic experience. I can go back to nature. I can build my own bivouac. I'm not sure what bivouac is, but I'll find out when I'm in the woods. You know, I just want. I just just get rid of the the, the shackles of of modern culture. Just you know, go native again, and live amongst the big cats. Yeah, yeah, and have sex with them. <laughs> uh, I believe, Rob, as I was saying, because <laughs> it is time for our, and again, have done no practice, <laughs> listener story of the week. That was marginally better than last week. Thanks, Rob. That's what I felt as well. Yeah. Uh, so I'm now on mentioned... grade one. <laughs> <laughs> You're not. Um, <laughs> so, as I mentioned before, this story is from Kyber. Um, yeah. It's from the 29th of October, and it's a follow-up. So you remember we featured the zoo in, was it Telford? Not the one with the who, fucking penguins. Do people enjoy that story with the, that Telford? Uh, yeah, that was brilliant. No one's fed back, but I'm guessing they did. Anyway, it, it's on a similar part of this. Um, a similar part of that, I should say. So the story is by Emily Hutchinson from the Nottinghamshire Live. Because as, as we've already specified... This is the first every story we've story. had from the Nottinghamshire Live. I believe it is. I've yeah, always I, said I don't you... remember it before. I've always said to you, Rob, that I have very romantic notions of Nottingham. Really? I've told, we've had this conversation before that in my yes, mind, because I associate it with like the the forest, the Sherwood Forest. I believe it to be very different than I think Nottingham actually is. But let's get on with the story. Well, I, I, it's funny you should say that, and not to to, to to ruin the illusion. But I'm actually in Nottingham this weekend. Why? I'm going out with a few friends up there. Right. In Sherwood Forest. Yeah, it, it's not quite as, uh, you know, it, it, I think the picture you have in your head is, is actually very different to the reality. Have you been to Sherwood Forest? Uh, I have, yeah. Is yeah. it beautiful? It's a forest. Is it massive? Uh, I've seen bigger. All right. Uh, okay, headline. 70 new animals at Tycross Zoo, made of Lego. What? Can't they get? Why can't they get no real animals? I don't understand. This other this other story we had was about they couldn't get the penguins in, so they put penguin statues in. If I go to a zoo, I'm not paying to see Lego animals unless I'm going oh, to Legoland true. Windsor. Yeah, true. 
Uh, but that's different. I mean, I mean, the penguins got AIDS or something like that. I think it was AIDS or some disease. I can't quite remember now. Rob, the penguins... Anyway. Sorry, hang on a minute. I've got to apologise for my co-host. The penguins oh. did not get AIDS. They got penguin malaria. Oh, right. With malaria. I don't believe that AIDS can be transmitted amongst animals. Yeah, cats can get AIDS. Can cats get AIDS? Well, yeah, so cats can get AIDS. Right. Well, there we go. We've just heard from Rob's lovely wife that cats can get AIDS. Can, penguin, can, can, can penguins get AIDS? I think any animal can get a type of AIDS. There we go, then. Penguins can get AIDS. Sarah, keep We've out of it. We've had it confirmed. Tell Sarah to keep <laughs> out of it. And it says keep out of it. Anyway, right. Twycross 2 has welcomed 70 new animals, but probably not the kind you'll be used to seeing, as all made of Lego. So the giant bricks. If the safari, legal department of the Lego company get wind of this, Rob, they're going to come down to the zoo like a ton of bricks. They don't want anybody going anywhere near their Lego land territory. Highly litigious, Lego. Highly. Alex, the great. They've got no safari, competitor, Rob. No, that's true. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, you might not have heard that. I think. Uh... It sounded like somebody strangling a cat to death. That wasn't far from what it was. Well, can I just say, well, how come you decided to record the podcast during when you know during visitors' hours when your wife is visiting you? That seems disrespectful to her. Yeah, I didn't have any time, Alex. You know, my my schedule is just jam. So she's just been moment. sitting there throughout this whole podcast, just just yeah, sitting there, just be- keeping quiet. Yeah, just enjoying the banter, Alex. On the other side of the glass screen. Yeah. So the giant brick safari, which runs until Monday, January the seventh, features more than seventy life-size brick Lego brick. Animals showcasing twenty-seven different species. Well, okay, what kind of animals are these? They haven't done like the fruit bat and stuff like that, have they? Oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, well, among the impressive new sculptures on display, you'll find a four-meter elephant called Old Grey, which weighs one thousand two hundred and ten kilograms and took an impressive two hundred and seventy-one seven hundred and thirty-nine bricks to build. You'll also see a roaring Bengal tiger and a majestic lion with her playful cubs, plus a collection of spiders, including a Brazilian salmon pink bird spy, uh, a salmon pink bird eater, um, a Goliath bird eating tarantula, and a bark spider, which is the longest web shooting range of any spider. What? So why have they built animals out of Lego in a zoo? Why haven't they got real animals? Because because people like people like these kind of things. I'm Alex. assuming this is sponsored by Lego, is it? Oh yeah, of course. Do they have other? Do they have any real animals in the zoo? I'm sure they do. Um, doesn't doesn't mention it in the article though. Um, professional, yeah, professional Lego builders, bright bricks, bright bricks, used an incredible 882, 339,000 pieces to make these amazing sculptures, which a combined weight of 5,389.5 kilograms. That's the equivalent of seven full-size female giraffes, so it's easy to say it's pretty heavy. Uh, the Great Brick Safari is the first Midland Zoo and is included in the, enterprise of, uh, in the price of the zoo's admission. As part of the event, little ones can take part in the Safari Spotters Trail and seek out all the brick animals from a panda to a penguin. What's this zoo in called its, again, Rob? Twyford. Uh, twif- uh, is that right? Yeah, uh, Twycross. How do you spell T- it? T W Y C R O S S. There we go. Came straight up. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. I'm actually looking at these Lego. I'm looking at a. Well, I'm looking at a drawing of an alligator made out of Lego. 
Rather, yeah, rather than actually, why didn't they just take a picture of the fuck of the actual thing? Let's see what they've got here, Rob. Well, let, let, let's go back in time. Do you want to know what animals they actually have? Oh yeah, please. Yeah, can I just say by the way, I, I was very impressed with their Lego warthog. It's uh, yeah, it, it really is a thing to behold. Okay, Rob. Here's what this zoo has: an African grey hornbill, an African spurred tortoise, an agile gibbon. I don't know if that's an, an <laughs> Surely agile. all gibbons are agile. Uh, no, this one's especially agile. An Aldebra tortoise. Uh, what's it called? Oh, an alpaca. Yeah. An Amur leopard. Australian zebra finch. A Bengalese. Sorry, a demure leopard? No, an Amur leopard. They actually oh, do have a leopard, but they've got a lot of birds. A Bengalese finch. A black and gold howler monkey. Black and white colobus monkey. Black and white ruffed lemur. A black crowned night heron. A black headed spider monkey. A black tailed prairie dog. A boa constrictor, a bonobo, a Bornean orangutan, a borks parrot, a bush dog, which is the strange thing I've ever seen. Oh, God. A butterfly. <laughs> Great. I'm assuming they've got more than one. A cattle egret, a chestnut teal, a Chilean flamingo, a chimp, a common marmoset, a corn snake, a crowned lemur, a debrazas monkey, a Diana monkey... A domestic goat, Rob. <laughs> so a goat, basically. An, an emperor tamarin, a European pond turtle. Rob, they have a ferret. That's amazing. I, I would pay to see that. They have a giraffe. They have a great grey owl. I'm skipping now. They have a guinea pig, Rob. Just what you want to see when you go to a zoo. A fucking guinea pig. Can um, I just point out, then, is it, is it fair to say that the Lego animals are actually more impressive than the, than the real animals? Oh, wait, Rob, they've got a miniature donkey. They've got a meerkat. They've right. got a orange-winged Amazon. They've got a pancake tortoise, which looks like a tortoise that's been... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, a pancake tortoise? Yeah, and it looks like a tortoise that's just been trodden on and squashed. Um, they've got... I think that's what happened, and they just made up a name for it. Rob, yeah. they have a rabbit. Amazing. Uh, they have a red-legged... I don't know what that is. They have a red-necked wallaby, Rob. They have a snow leopard. That's impressive. That's cool. That is That's impressive. Cool. I'll go. They have a speckled heron. They have a Victoria crowned pigeon. <laughs> Sorry, a pigeon. Okay. And they have with, a zebra. And they have a zebra. And they have a white stork, Rob, and a western grey kangaroo. And fuck me, they've got a gorilla. Oh, okay. So to be fair, then it's it's a lot better than uh, than the uh, the Telford Zoo, which yeah, is that was a shit show, Rob. Can I? Can I? Uh, I do like the fact that we've spent literally two episodes, or at least the end of two episodes, uh, just listing animals from different zoos. Yeah, and I've enjoyed it. I, I'm really tempted to make it a regular feature. We just we just pick out a random zoo from the UK and just read out its list of animals. I actually quite like that zoo talk. Yeah, that's got legs. Hmm. Anyway, we'll come. We'll we'll revisit, revisit that at a later time. No, we won't so, come yeah, on to the it. Story. We'll revisit it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if anyone wants to uh, wants to know, the uh, online tickets are sixteen pound thirty two for an adult and twelve pound twenty four for a child, and that's both without uh, a voluntary gift. Donation. And how much does Legoland cost? Uh, a lot more. Does it really? How much is it? Yeah, I think so. Let's have a look. Uh, Legoland. Because obviously, it, if it's not much different, you might as well go to Legoland because you're going to get a hell of a lot more than that for your money. Yeah, there's different categories of tickets. Uh, there's a, a, a green day ticket, a yellow day ticket, and a blue day ticket. Uh, and then there's Lego, Legoland at Christmas. Uh, but the cheapest one, um, 
is on the gate. You, you do get a discount if you buy online. Um, the cheapest price is £47 for an adult. What the fuck? To go and see some Lego? Yeah. Yeah, that does seem a lot to me. So you may as well go to, to, to Twycrossu when they, where they have uh, a, a really flat tortoise, um, some pigeon with a crown and a ferret. Yeah. And some Lego. And enjoy it. Well, Rob, on that on that um, helpful advice to people and families everywhere, we uh, we look we move forward and look forward with a mixture of eager anticipation yet trepidation to our next episode, which will be episode two five five. As we move ever more forward, Rob, like like I leave it to you this week. A man who has just bought the uh, purchased, I should say, uh, a mattress made out uh, of foam. Just- and decided strangely to wheel it home when the sun's setting along a towpath, uh, only to encounter what he believes is a big cat, but may well have been a dog. Just, Just like, like that. that. We move ever more forward to our next episode, which, as I say, will be episode 255. And we can be found on our website, lapodcast.net. From there, you can download all of our previous episodes for free. And you will see a donate button on that website. And we do have some listeners who set up a rolling monthly donation, which really helps us keep this podcast going. If you want to be one of those listeners, just click on the link and set it up through PayPal. Or you can send us a one-off donation. We would really appreciate it. Um, you can... Leave us a review, of course, on your Apple device or your Google device. Wherever you get your podcast from, there'll be a review section. It does really help us if on the Apple devices you leave a review on that podcast app because it really helps us just get more uh, presence, more visibility. That would be the word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're on Twitter at, at LA Podcast. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash LA Podcast. If you log into Facebook, there is a forum as well where you can participate in on that platform. And if you want to send us a story, you can tweet it to us or you can post it on Facebook, or you can email us the good old-fashioned way at lapodcast.net at gmail.com. That's lapodcast.net at gmail.com. And as I said last week, if you're an international listener, if you're listening from anywhere in the world, wherever it is, Malaysia, America, Israel, Australia, Iran, wherever it is, send us a story because we want to know what's going on locally in the rest of the world, which really makes no sense whatsoever. Um, But uh, I understand what I mean, and that's all that matters. (laughs) Um, good for you thank you for listening everybody we're going to be back in a week's time as we build up to Christmas and and I'm sure Rob our feature filled Christmas episode God bless yeah, um, no, maybe Rob... just sorry Alex I realise <laughs> you've just done the sign up but I'm just thinking for the listeners that maybe when when we reach Advent maybe we should do a Christmas carol for every episode um, yeah that, I like the idea of that Rob okay yeah go why ahead not? why not uh, God bless and keep it local